You're listening to a special episode of the Everything Life Coaching Podcast, Coaching Mastery with Noelle Cordeaux, CEO of Lumia. Explore transformative coaching concepts, tried and true methodologies, and powerful insights from the front lines of the professional coaching field. Whether you're an established coach seeking fresh perspectives or looking to begin your coach training education, welcome to your one-stop resource for all things life coaching. This is Coaching Mastery. So here we are coping with failure. And I put the word personal in there because let's be real. When, when we use the big old F word, this is how folks take it. It's personally. A failure is often thought of as a reflection of the self. And it is not. It is so not. Um, I'd like to take us all the way back to thinking about the origins of capitalist society as we think about the word failure. And the reason for that is because I'd like to juxtapose the concept of failure itself against the beliefs that come from capitalistic systems that the entire point of our existence is to accumulate money, things, possessions, power, prestige, coins, dollar bills, televisions, cars, items, clothes, jewelry, sunglasses, right? So if we strip all of that away and we take away um, the idea that accumulation equals worth and we think about a radical concept that the point of life could be to contribute to society and to be happy, then where does failure get placed within that? If the goal of life is not to accumulate, but the goal of life is actually to flourish, then where do we place failure within that construct? And I don't have an answer to that. It's more of a question that I'd like to pose for consideration because when your clients are coming into the space of coaching, almost everyone has been socialized to believe that they are less than if they have not accumulated a certain amount. So right out of the gate, we're dealing with feelings of shame um, and we're dealing with systemic oppression that impacts everyone. So I'd like for you to deeply sit with that question. If life is not about accumulation, then where does failure fit on the continuum? And try to answer it for yourself so that you can have a theoretical conversation with yourself about your own beliefs and what you would like clients to feel differently, juxtaposed against shame. All right. So this concept, talking about toxic individualism, it aligns with capitalistic intent of accumulation. And it aligns with all of the different facets of systemic oppression. The first slide in this slide uh, comes from Mia Birdsong's book, How We Show Up. Many of you have heard me talk about it before. It was published in 2019. It's an excellent book. It talks about relational currency. It talks about community building. It talks about the way our society is suffering right now and the way that people are suffering right now within society. And the idea of toxic individualism has been passed down, especially in American culture, as a facet of lore. It's this idea of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. 
And in a civic society, everyone has the same shot at accumulation. And we know that that's not true. We know that um, certain individuals don't have the same kind of access that other individuals do to accumulate things, money, power, possessions. And when we sit with this idea of if we can't do it by ourselves, we are a failure. That is another idea that most of our clients are coming into the space of coaching with. And again, I don't have answers here. I'm asking you to ask the deep questions of yourself so that you can empathize with your clients who are coming in with a goal set because oftentimes there's an internalized story about what's wrong with me, why I haven't been able to achieve on my own, why I haven't gotten to XYZ yet, why I can't, why I don't have, why I've never experienced. And it's all this mirrored reflection back on the self that doesn't even begin to tell the whole story of who a human is, what their strengths are, what their talents are, what their dreams are, what their experiences are, what makes them a good friend, what makes them a good partner, what makes them a creative human, what makes them brilliant, um, what they like to do, what they enjoy experiencing with their time, what their hobbies are, what their favorite colors are, um, when was the last time they saw an amazing sunset, right? None of that stuff has anything to do with how much you've been able to accumulate on your own. As coaches, we know. All of our clients who come to us are these beautiful human plants. And human plants need sunlight and care and love and support and community and partnership. All of the things that are on this list are what it takes to water and care for a human plant. And all of the things that are on this list um, are not found within capitalism and within toxic individuality. So this is a different way of approaching the recipe that we use to support thriving. And when we're talking about thriving, we're talking about the positive psychology model, Seligman's model, where we're looking at positive relationships, positive forms of achievement, um, we're looking at intellectual engagement. We're looking at heart engagement, love, um, all of the things that make our experience as a human really worthwhile versus what our accumulation as a human looks like. And another thing to consider as we're really looking at this list around love, care, support, community, and partnership is how compassion and self-compassion fits into this equation because when we look at the toxic individual um, idea of failure and the capitalistic idea of failure um, it gives us a really faulty data set <laughs> around who someone actually is and what their life is actually composed of and what their life can actually be if we just look at things from the perspective of what i don't have and what i've never done we don't get a full picture of the human at all. Something that is incredibly important to keep in mind is that trying something and making a discovery about an outcome, about what worked and what didn't work, 
So you might notice that I just defined failure there. Didn't sound like failure, but it was. When you try something and you make a discovery about an outcome, about what did work and what didn't work, you learn things. And so that big F word actually helps us to build healthy relationships, a healthy mental state, a healthy relationship with our emotions, a healthy body, authentic strengths, um, and attachment to things, causes, passions, spiritual outlooks that are greater than ourselves and create harmony with life. The only way that humans learn anything is by trying and looking at the outcome to reflect and evaluate on what happened. So there I did it again. I just described failure. Didn't sound like failure, but that's what I described. Our lives are composed of so many small steps and experiences. When I write about life, our lives, I often use the imagery of a tapestry. Um, tapestries that I love looking at <clears throat> from the 1800s tell a story. All of the pictures and ornaments on the tapestry has interwoven images and metaphors and flowers and horses and animals that take us through the journey of an experience, a lifetime, or a civilization. And in so many ways, our lives are in fact a tapestry with different flavors and colors and pain. Mistakes and learning are a very real and vital part of the grand experience of being human. Um, alongside of the concept of toxic individuality is this idea of um, if you don't feel good, content, or happy, there's something wrong and that there's a problem. And that's another massive part of coaching that as coaches, we need to empathize with our clients and orient them to the fact that life is all of the flavors. And just because one of the flavors might be uncomfortable or painful, it doesn't mean that your life is wrong and bad. And it doesn't mean that you are wrong and bad. It's an experience. It's part of the tapestry of your life. Um, movies, poetry, music, um, stories, novels would be so boring if everything was just good all the time. And thinking about what we as humans engage with from a media perspective, from an entertainment perspective, to make sense of our world and entertain ourselves, it's a jumble. It's all of the different flavors. So why would we expect our own lives to be monochromatic, right? Pain and mistakes also give us very important information about what we want to do and what we want to do next. When you get into a situation and you don't like the way that you feel or you don't like what you're experiencing, that's really important information. And oftentimes, folks will think the fact that they don't like the way they feel is an indicator of failing. <laughs> and it's not. It's typically an indicator that you're in the wrong place or you have skills that you need to gain. So what do we do with all of that? Um, that's implicit in the coaching process. That's implicit in the ICF standards is evaluating 
reflecting, and then solidifying learning. What did this experience tell me? What did this feeling tell me? What does my relationship to my environment tell me? If I don't like the way I feel, what do I need to know about it? If I don't like the way I feel when I sit in a dark office day in and day out, what happens if I turn on a light or move near a window? Does my experience change? What does my unique human plant need in order to flourish? When we think about failing, the big F, there are three different kinds. And the first one is is a failure of tactics. This is how we do something. This is how we do something. When there's a failure of tactic, it doesn't mean that the goal is a bad goal. It doesn't mean that we're not capable of doing it. It just means that we haven't figured out the right how yet. So if you want to run a marathon and you need a pair of running shoes, but you're in a country where you don't speak the language and you manage to communicate that you need shoes, you need shoes with a rubber sole and you end up with hiking boots. Close, (laughs) but that's still not going to get you to your goal in running the marathon. You're literally going to call it along. So that was a, a tactical failure. You needed better language to get you to that, that point, right? And then the next piece is, is a failure of, of strategy. This is the what. This is um, getting from point A to point B. So the tactic is, all right, I need the running shoes. And then the strategy is, well, if, if I'm running that marathon, um, what is the strategy that I'm going to use? Am I going to start out sprinting? Am I going to start out jogging and running slow? At what point am I going to pick it up? How am I going to hydrate? What is the rest? What does my training need to look like? So the strategy within a goal set is the thing, the strategy and the tactics are the things that change the most. Um, And when you're in the long haul of goal accomplishment, what's really important to remember from a coaching perspective is that when you try one strategy and it didn't work, it doesn't mean that your goal is the wrong goal. It just means that you have to buy and find a better strategy. Um, And we can learn a lot about this by watching little kids play because they don't have shame attached to missteps. They just wiggle all over the place until they figure out how to do what they're doing. And it's joyful. And it's triumphant process to try and try and try again. Um, Adults ruin that little joy wiggle with ego and shame. I tried and I failed. And now I'm sad inside myself and I will stop. And that's how adults function. Um, So turning the dial to joy and giving our clients and ourselves permission to play with different strategies, what works, what feels good. Um, Even thinking about our own coaching practices. How do you want to coach? For me, I learned that I don't like to coach on video. I don't like to coach in person. I like to coach on the phone because I really just like to hear my client. I don't want to be thinking about what they look like or what I look like. And that's a strategy that I use to facilitate my coaching. But it was trial and error that taught me that. And the third kind of failure is a failure of 
vision. And this is typically our why, right? Um, and in coaching, we see this happen commonly for a couple different reasons. Um, there are two kinds of goals, an extrinsic goal and an intrinsic goal. An extrinsic goal comes from outside of ourselves. An intrinsic goal comes from inside of ourselves. So when I was um, a young person, something that I heard quite often from my family was, you'd make a great lawyer. You should go to law school. And in my 19, 20-year-old brain, I didn't know what that meant. It was something that someone said to me that represented capitalism, a way to accumulate things, right? Um, and so I managed to get myself into law school. And once I got in there, I was like, this is, this is terrible. Like, this is not me. I hate rules. Law school is literally all rules. So that was a failure of vision. The why itself was the wrong why for baby Noel. What I did want to do was coaching. And I pursued it because that came from inside of me. And it was hard because at the time, coaching wasn't really a thing. And um, I was kicking around with some of the early folks who were, who were just getting started in the field. And if I had a quarter for every time that someone told me that coaching isn't a real thing and it's not a real job, I would have all of that accumulation via capitalism. Um, another reason that we find failure of vision is that the goal hasn't been set properly. Um, SMART goals are specific measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely, and have fixed and appropriate deadlines. So we know that when we set a goal properly, it should make us feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like, ooh, can I really do this thing? But it shouldn't be so out there that it's literally unattainable. So that will set us up for a failure of vision. And then another failure of vision is our inflexibility to adapt to a shifting environment and new information that comes in. When you're unable to shift once you have new information, um, that will set you up for a failure of vision because while your original vision might have been completely viable at the time, when that new information came in and you didn't act on it, you killed your own vision set. In that moment. Um, and so we can't hold so tightly to our goals and our vision that we don't give it room to breathe and become um, its own entity, as does our work. Failure is not black and white. Folks tend to think of failure as a sweeping state that represents a binary of good or bad, positive or negative, success or failure. What failure does do is give us information about what we want to do, to do next. It has to do with how we reflect and evaluate on information. It helps us navigate our life in very, very real ways. I'll, I'll reinforce again that uh, life would be really boring if we didn't experience failure. Life would be really boring if everything that we tried worked out. Life would be really boring and we'd always be wondering, you know, what else is there. Um, and we often learn the most when we try something and it goes completely haywire. And we even find an experience 
a lot of things that are really cool that we never knew existed. And we'd never have the opportunity to taste, see, feel, think, feel, or hear if we didn't get out there and try it. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.